This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to Anchor. .fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Hello, my name is Seth Studley and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And today we have the awesome Jeff and Beth McCord. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hey, excited to be here. Yeah, thanks. And uh, you, you guys reached out to us because you have so much going on right now, a new book, a tour, and all kinds of stuff. So I'm really glad that we finally got to get this on the books. I think we kind of went back and forth for about a month and a half or so, or maybe even, even, even two months. I think somebody had to cancel in there. But here we are, and we're going to dive straight into it. So can you guys give a little introduction for folks who may not be familiar with your work just yet? Yeah. Yeah, Bethy, why don't you go first? Yeah, so Jeff and I have been married for 24 years, and um, in those 24 years, we have two kids that are now grown and in college. We um, started studying the Enneagram, the personality tool for those that don't know it, about 15, 16 years ago. I just dove headlong into it. Um, Jeff was busy um, in seminary and then developing um, himself as a pastor. So I just really dove in. But over time, we found great help for the both of us, so much so that we've then developed um, a business called Your Enneagram Coach. And with that, this year, we're coming out with a marriage book called Becoming Us, where we're helping people to utilize the Enneagram from a uh, Christian perspective. And so that's coming out October first. But coupled with that are a few other things. We decided to go on tour where we would take these date nights, the concept of helping any relationship, but predominantly marriages to understand why they do what they do and have better communication, conflict styles by understanding their dance when they're doing well and when they're not doing well. And then on top of that, we're going to have a marriage course, a course for every couple type combination, which there are 45 of them. And that comes out this summer as well. Wow. Wow. So you guys are beyond busy. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We are. Yeah. It is a very busy season. Thankfully, your kids are not in the house, which us, we have an 11, a 10, and a 7-year-old. So, you know, hopefully the... the, No, it's not fair. Your kids are in college. That's just not fair. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. So well, we've been there, we, done we, that. The illustration, the illustration I use on families is that it's kind of like a hurricane. You've got babies and you're just exhausted. And then you're in this sweet season where they want to cuddle with you, but they can feed themselves. So it's kind of great. And then you hit the back wall, the eye of your teenage years. And then they become 20 something and differentiate. And then they just kind of float away. And you become friends. <laughs> yeah. So if you can just hang on through your teen years, you're going to be great. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> we are literally just entering them. Like our oldest is 11 and it's like, what yeah. is yes. happening? And it's just the beginning. Like literally just the glimpses of the hurricane. I love that analogy. That's perfect. Yeah, that's. The, I think I've heard that one before uh, somewhere. But yeah, that is that is really good. So can you guys... And okay, so we were talking to some friends recently, and they said that they had never heard of the Enneagram. And I was like, "What? What? Shocking! Shocking! Right?" <laughs> and um, yes, it so it does happen. It, it does, yeah. <laughs> and I remember my introduction to the Enneagram was in grad school, and it looked kind of woo-woo at first. Yeah. And there's there's mm -hmm. probably you know you guys have heard that before, like what is this you know weird triangles and circles kind of thing. So. Can you give a, a quick overview for our listeners who may not even know what the Enneagram is? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say I, I empathize with that. So I'm an ordained pastor. And so whenever we were first introduced to it in the throes of seminary, I looked at the cover of Richard Rohr's book, and I didn't know if I needed to slip my hand and bleed on it or <laughs> sacrifice goats. I mean, it, it does have this weird imagery to it that sometimes can be um, – off-putting. Uh, but once we started to actually study it, it brought things alive in our hearts that uh, we, it gave language. It gave language to our the dynamics of our relationship. It gave mutual compassion and understanding and empathy that uh, many of the tools that we had used up to that point um, hadn't. And so if you're willing to get through just the imagery, it really is a fantastic tool. And Beth can explain exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you look at the symbol, it is a nine-pointed star with a circle around it. And the nine points represent nine basic personality types. So Enneagram, the word Ennea means nine in Greek, and gram means drawing. So that's what it's just referring to. Um, so it's not some weird word. It just mm -hmm. means nine drawing. Um, and the geometric figure helps you to know when you're heading in your best path and when you're veering off course. So the Enneagram really is a tool to understand your heart motivations, why you do what you do. And that is so much different than the Myers-Briggs and the Strength Finders, though those are all great. This is getting to why you think, feel, and behave the way you do. And so many of us really don't know why we do what we do. So we end up landing into that, you know, ditch on the side of the road time and time again. Like, how did I get here? Why am I stuck again? Like, why can't it change? Um, the Enneagram is going to help you to understand why. And then what we talk about and help our um, clients do is put rumble strips on the highway. You know, the rumble strips that wake you up when you're veering off course. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. We're saying, hey, with your personality structure, when you have this thought or feeling or behavior, you can know that you're probably starting to veer off course. Let that be a rumble strip to wake you up to stay on your best path. And here is what your best path looks like. And that radically changes people themselves individually, but then their relationships and all other dynamics. And that is really what the tool of the Enneagram is about. 
I, I've never heard of that analogy before, the rumble strip That's kind of great. thing. And this is really cool because I attended a training just recently, which it was not an Enneagram training whatsoever. It was basically a circle, and you're in the middle of your circle. And I kind of tweaked it to, to make sense of it for me. But I know that when I have like these certain support systems around my circle, like drinking enough water, praying, exercising, not eating trash food, um, let's see, not drinking too much alcohol, like, and, and a couple other things like journaling, meditating, all this stuff, then my day is better. So it, it those are the rumble strips. It's like, oh, why do I feel weird? Well, I didn't drink enough water or why am I kind of like thinking negatively? Well, I really didn't get a good night's sleep and I didn't exercise the next morning. Mm-hmm. So those are my rumble strips kind of thing. And I've never thought about the Enneagram that way, which mm-hmm. now I'm tying it back because I did take a test a while back <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it said, oh yeah, your best self goes this way, you know, and yep. then when you're kind of veering off to your whatever, then you tend to whatever, think negative or have negative self-talk or, or whatever. And I've never thought about it just the way you put it. So that's, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so great because not only can then you use it for yourself, but in your marriage. So Jeff knows exactly what happens to, I mean, we see it just in general anyway, but now he knows why I veer off course, right? So we're with our spouses enough to go, oh yeah, I experienced them in that way. But what if we use that information not as a sword where we put them down or get all defensive, but what if we use that information to go, oh, hey, honey, I see that you are stressed, that you're doing these particular things like you do when you're stressed. And instead of taking it personal, we can think, oh, what, something inside them, some motivation or core aspect has been activated. Mm. What if I came alongside them and supported them and asked them how I could help them? Um, what would that do? And that would be so amazing because we usually get defensive or reactive to our spouse because I wouldn't do that. Like if I got mm. stressed, I wouldn't behave that way. And you might not, but when you're stressed, you do your own thing. And wouldn't it be great if your spouse saw you and caught you right where you're at instead of reacting or being defensive and all that stuff. So that is one way to use it. But also when you're growing and you're doing your best path, it could be, let's say, like my best path could be super easy for, let's say, a type three and and the um, all the personality types are one through nine. So they're numbers. So a type three could do what is hard for me in their sleep. Like to them, it's easy. So if I had a spouse who was a three, which Jeff is not, then they might look at me and like, shouldn't you be doing that all the time? Like, how is this so hard? You know, mm-hmm. and but they but to have compassion and empathy and understanding would be for a three to go, wow, you wrote a book and you did all these things. Wow. For your type. I know that's not easy. I'm really proud of you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But oh, what's, yeah. what's hard for a three might be super easy for me. And so it just gives us new language and understanding to come alongside our spouse in a much more compassionate, empathetic way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just reminded of times when we've had conflict, I would say questions like, well, who would do that, you know, or why can't like, you just X, Y, Z? And, and <laughs> you know, what I'm not doing is coming along beside her, which, mm-hmm. you know, as a marriage and family therapist, I have tons of couples that do that and we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then, well, we're a normal couple too, so we go through it as well. And I'm thinking, okay, instead of, like you said, using it as a sword, mm-hmm. look at all these things as kind of, uh, you know, caution cones, like, oh, I see you're veering off. Let me help her. Come well, on, the, come yeah, on, the babe. Rumble strip. Let's, yeah. let's go over here, you know, mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh, it, it's also good to where we couples can come to a point of like, hey, I see you. Oh, you're right. Thank you for helping me kind of thing. Yeah, you yes. Know? Mm-hmm. Which would be a pretty solid place to be. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. For Beth and I, in our own uh, marital dance, we've done a lot of research and uh, with emotion-focused therapy and uh, internal family systems. And so we, we actually have given names to the different numbers of the Enneagram. So whenever Beth and I are in our own marital dance, usually who shows up first is that Beth is a nine with an eight wing. And so her eight wing shows up. And then what's behind that is her six part of herself that brings a little bit of worry and concern. But what I notice first is always this strong protest. And whenever that happens for Beth and I, now that we have the Enneagram and a new language for it, rather than reacting to her the energy she's bringing, I just simply can name it like, wow, you got really strong. What's going on in your heart right now? Mm. And it totally subverts that unhealthy pattern of her shutting down and then me going and anxiously running after her. And so the Enneagram actually gave us not only insight into ourselves, but it actually gave us the very vocabulary to be able to navigate our dance in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. So it, it also builds empathy for, towards your partner, right? Mm-hmm. That's so you right. Can under, so you can understand. So you said something interesting, Jeff. You're talking about uh, internal family systems. I think that's the work of Schwartz, if I remember right. correctly, from uh-huh. grad school. So, and I remember, you know, because you have like the firefighter and the protector and internal family systems for our listeners is is a, a modality to where um, uh, it, it, it postulates like we have these certain uh, parts in, in inside right. ourselves, you know, the the protector, the firefighter, the one who you know goes to battle, or the the little kid kind of thing. And I I was having a hard time with that. So tell me how you guys have integrated IFS with the Enneagram. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing about it is that um, we're we're bringing together uh, two specific modalities, and so each of them have something to contribute, and then they lose something. So we're not. Um, certified in IFS or anything like that. So I just want to be clear about it. But I think for Beth and I, we come to recognize that there, whenever we're in a conversation, there are many parts to me. There are parts of me that feels close to Beth. There are parts of me that feel distant from Beth. There are sometimes I can't get enough of her and I love her to death. And but at the same time, there could be a part that's very frustrated and angry with her. And so when I say I'm angry with you is not exactly accurate. Really, it's there's part of me that's angry with you, and there's part of me that's also saddened that we're fighting about this again. Mm-hmm. And so what what we've done with the Enneagram is to say, okay, each type has wings, the two numbers next to it. And then we also have these two points where these lines connect. And so I'm a six, and I have lines that connect to nine and a line that connects to three. Well, those are also part of me. And sometimes they contribute good things and sometimes they contribute negative things. And so sometimes in our marriage, I may come with an an anxious energy of wanting to connect with Beth. I was adopted as a kid and so I bring a level of anxiety into my life that's not um, proportional to the reality that I'm facing. And that for Beth can sometimes shut her down. And so it's easier for us to say, okay, I'm bringing an exile is what IFS would call it, Mm -hmm. this anxious part. And Beth is responding with a protector part by shutting down because she's overwhelmed with my energy. What that does is that it helps to give language to something outside of us. Rather than saying, Beth is rejecting me, I can simply have empathy that, 
what energy I'm bringing, she has a protective mechanism in her to shut down. It's not that she's wanting to shut down. It's not that she's abandoning me or she's not loving me, but rather this is just how she has coped in the world that we live in. And that I too can recognize there's a part of my heart that's very childlike. And despite all my degrees and certifications, sometimes, unlike any other relationship, Beth can activate a very innocent, childlike part. Mm -hmm. And that I don't need to be ashamed of that anxiety, but I can at least name that it's there, tend to my own heart, and then invite Beth to help me as well. That's beautiful. And I've I've used it in similar ways, um, but I've kind of... So my type is a type nine, the peaceful mediator, and the type nines actually know themselves the least. It's almost like we have an internal fog of knowing what our passions are and desires are because we fear asserting ourselves um, because we're afraid if we assert ourselves, then someone might be upset or there might be conflict or discord of any kind. And so as children, we've learned to merge with others, to go along, to get along, to accommodate. So we kind of grew up in this fog. What do I want? I don't know. What do you want? What what you want is probably what I want is kind of the, the mentality. So when we started doing IFS, I was like, Jeff, you know, could name his parts pretty easily. And I'm looking around inside going, it's all a big (laughs) fog. Like, Mm -hmm. what in the world? Like, I don't even, I can't even begin. But then I had this aha moment of, oh, well, what if my wings and the lines I'm connected to are some of my parts? And what if, what can I explore that? So for me, um, the type nine, the the lesser, the less healthy part of my type nine is my exile. So I call her Bethy because of me, just little Bethy. But then my type one, I call her Victoria and she's the moral perfectionist. And she comes in as a part that wants everything perfect and precise and ethical and moral and right. And she'll definitely make her presence known when things are off. And then my type eight, I call her Regina and she comes in with, um, power and intensity and force. And she's usually, she's the firefighter. She's the last resort. Like, all right, no one's listened to me. I'm Mm. storming in. Mm. Um, The first one who usually chimes in is my type six and I call her Wendy and she's my worrier. And she thinks of all the ways people are going to possibly be upset or there will be discord. And she wants to help the nine accommodate. Okay, well, did you think about this and that? Could this make someone upset or that? And then the nine's like, oh, I better make everybody happy. And so then that gets me in a spiral. So I just have to be really careful that my three also comes in trying to have a certain image of being a nice person as a type nine. So those are all my protectors. But like I said, when all is said and done, if nothing's working, my firefighter (laughs) type eight definitely comes in. And so now I can go, oh, I can clearly see who's being activated, what's going on, and why, and then deal with it on more of a proactive stance than this reactive stance. Mm, I, I love that. And as, as a, a family systems therapist, like I you know, uh, look at it through a family system lens, like a sy- systemic lens, everything is connected. Hearing Jeff talk and then hearing you talk, you guys have done a ton of work in like taking this tapestry of personalities and things, you know, uh, where you are uh, really hitting your stride, where your best and highest calling is to where your rumble strips are. Like, uh-oh, I'm going there. And you mm-hmm. guys have woven that into like something really cool. And I'm also thinking about uh, narrative therapy. Are you guys familiar with Michael White narrative therapy? He, no, he, not that particular name, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I do 
have a certification with Allender that we did a lot with um, with narrative stuff as well. Okay, because uh, all this, I'm listening to you guys talk, and it's basically externalizing the problem or also externalizing the, the, the thing that works, which if we can externalize the problem, we're taking blame off of ourselves. We're taking blame off of our spouse and trying to see them for who they really are which is yes. just like you guys said before, like, oh, I think you're heading towards this wing. Let me help you come back. You're not yelling at them. You're not saying, oh, you always did this, which is really, really cool. And well, now, yeah. I, okay, go ahead. Well, and I wanted to say to touch on that, you brought up that, that it's, a, it's like an empathy building tool, you know, and one of the things that has helped me with the most is understanding myself, understanding yes. my own, like my, I do, I'm a seven with an eight wing. And so I'm like, dude, why do, why when I am under like serious pressure, do I feel like, being like a firefighter with an axe coming in and just like, wah, you know, and it helps me have more empathy to that side of myself and be like, oh, yeah. that's just what happens. That's just what happens. Yeah. And I can then sort of take a, a little bit more ownership and responsibility somehow. Yeah. It just, I think, removing it one step and saying, oh, that is a thing. And that, and other people are like that. And I'm not a yeah. total crazy weirdo. And that, that's been really <laughs> helpful for me. But yeah. you pulled one, up the, uh, your, oh, what, what are you going to say? Well, I was going to say, that's really important what you just said, because I think what a lot of people will do with the Enneagram, unfortunately, is they will use it as a sword or a shield. And what you mm -hmm. just said was, oh, that happens. That's what it does. Now, a lot of people could take that and go, but, but you did clarify afterwards, but people could go, oh, well, I'm just a type nine. That's what I do. Too bad. Deal with it. Like mm -hmm. some people do that. And it's so not how you use the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, but what you did is you clarified it like, oh, we need to own it and not be afraid of it. But the more we can own it and see it and recognize it, especially when we know, hey, God's got me and I can rest on him. Then we can look at it for what it is and you know, have this position of, I need help, whether it's, you know, praying, uh, reading scripture, being with other people of like-minded, therapists, you name it, mentors, pastors, we all need help. No one gets a pass, but we definitely don't want to use it as a shield where we're like, well, that's just who I am, deal with it. But we don't want to use it as a sword either, where we're like, oh, you're being such a six, Jeff. Oh my yeah. goodness. Why? Now, we all do it from time to time. And yeah. when we do, it's super hurtful. So just owning our own part and working through it is going to do so much good for the relationship as a whole. Mm -hmm. So speaking of needing some help, and this wasn't in our notes or anything, but I, I pulled up my <laughs> test results, right? And my, my three, and we're, if we could just do this for like three minutes and then we'll get on to uh, Becoming Us and the book and how that's going for you guys and um, how everybody should go get it and read it on October 1st. So I took the test from the Enneagram Institute, which is a different thing from you guys, but it's the Riso yeah. Huston Enne Hudson Enneagram Type Indicator, the Ready. Uh -huh. And I scored uh, highest on Type 7, Type 4, and Type 9. So reading, but they were like literally one point away from, uh -huh. there's there's a wow. two point difference in yeah. over three <laughs> things. But then in researching more on type nine, the peacemaker, I really think that that's what I am. Like I've heard, you know, type nines are like in a fog and we're like, I don't know what I want. And Melanie will ask me questions. I'm like, I don't know, but I really feel the internal frustration of not knowing mm -hmm. and not being able to speak up, which really kind of sucks. Yeah. You know, well, and you merge it doesn't feel a lot. Good. Like you will just do mm -hmm. what other people are doing and then mm. later realize it has made him angry. But like weeks later. Yeah. So you're like, well, yeah. like, we can't do anything yeah. now. I mean. Yeah. I, I've, <laughs> I, I've once told Melanie that I will do 
what did I say? You said I, I will you do... basically like, I will white knuckle my way through anything. Oh, right. Like he would mm-hmm. never, ever put up a fuss where I'm like, I don't want to look at a tablecloth I don't like. I will not white knuckle anything. And he <laughs> yes. is the complete opposite. So that's why I think you're probably a, a nine. Yeah, I, I would think so. Can Can you explain to me and also our listeners what the wings are? If that's not like the next door neighbor to... You know, is yep. it is? Can it be? Yeah, a, it is. Or it is. It is okay. The it is. Next yeah. To it. Okay. So maybe I'm a nine wing seven and four. No, it's the numbers oh, no. directly next. So it would be nine eight or nine one. Oh, nine one. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the so reformer. If, for the people so. that are listening, let's say they're driving, the symbol looks like a clock. You know, but instead of having twelve numbers, there's nine. So nine is at the very top, and then one is you know where it is normally on a clock. You know, right there, and it goes all the way around. So when we're talking about wings, we're talking about the two numbers adjacent to your number. So for us nines, it's we're touching one and eight, the two numbers on either side of us. Now, what wings mean is you stay your main type with the core motivations of your type. So just to kind of clarify, if people are looking to find their main type, you want to try to find the core motivations that resonate with you. So that you have a core fear you're running away from, a core desire that you're always trying to obtain. You have a core weakness that's also called the passion that you're, you get keep stumbling over. It's your Achilles heel. And then you have a core longing, a message your heart is always long to hear. So you mm-hmm. want to find the type that has those components because that is why you do what you do, whether positive or negative. Now, the wings on either side of you, think of those like salt and pepper and you're this beautiful filet mignon, right? So, cause mm. we're all like made amazingly by God. And <laughs> so we're this beautiful filet mignon. You're going to cook it perfectly, but to draw out the beauty of the steak, you add seasoning and you want to add it appropriately, right? So that would be your healthiest self accessing healthy components from the two numbers on either side of you. Now, when we're not healthy, we can draw in too much or too little of the wings as well, meaning we're over seasoning, under seasoning. It's like, ah, just not what it could have been. But it's the same with our type. We can either be healthy, average, or unhealthy, and it drastically changes that type. So for instance, a type eight, we love type eights. They're the snow plows. Um, they're either plowing a path for you and you're behind them. Yay, right? Or you're on the side of the road or in front of them and you're getting nicked or plowed over. Not so good. (laughs) Either way, they're plowing. That's just the nature of an eight, the gift that they bring. So think of uh, Martin Luther King Jr., He's a great representation of a wonderful snowplow. He, I mean, there was a lot of people in the civil rights movement, but he led the pack, right? Because he could. He took mm-hmm. on the opposition. And so by putting the rest of us behind him, we, as a, as a collective group, can move forward with the eight ahead of us. Um, so that's what you want to understand is we're really looking at how healthy or unhealthy you are at any moment of the day, and it fluctuates all the time. So that's why the Enneagram is super amazing, but it can be kind of complex. But if you'll just give it some time and utilize it from resources like ourselves who make it easy to understand, you can go really far with it. Mm-hmm. And so can you speak also because different uh, to wings, you can have a nine, then a, an arrow like across the clock, if you will. Yes. How does that work out? So if I go to my nine, I well, can go from a nine to hold on a minute. Just go back up to the thing. It's just the ones that touches six and three, right? Three, yes. six yes. and nine are That's the right. same. So those that okay. are not looking at the symbol, if you were to see the symbol, again, think of it like a nine pointed star. You know, when you draw a star, there's the lines that touch different points. Well, 
the type nine has two lines that come off of it that are touching type six and three. And mm. we use both the, all the way from the healthy to the unhealthy aspects of those two types. What we typically teach, cause it's a deeper teaching to go through all the healthy and the unhealthy. So what we typically teach is the easier to understand components. Usually the type nine, when they're under stress, they're going to go to the type six um, average to unhealthy attributes. Now, you still are a nine. You still are accessing using the average to unhealthy aspects of a nine, but you also start to bring in some of these aspects of six that kind of flavor or um, change a little bit of the tone of the nine. So for us nines, if, if you're nine, so we're still kind of trying to see if this is true. Mm -hmm. If you're nine, you're usually easygoing, go with the flow. Like you said, I can white knuckle anything. But if you get stressed, like for me, I know it's like if one of my kids might get hurt or they're sick and I don't know what to do, or I'm running late for something super important, I can get very overwhelmed very quickly. And I start, my mind starts racing and I get anxious and irritable and defensive and even kind of short and demanding. And mm -hmm. I want to make sure everything is done well, you know, because I'm afraid of getting in trouble. Um, or or just something going wrong. And so that is a nine moving to the average, the unhealthy parts of six in stress. And that's mm -hmm. helpful to know because then Jeff can realize or others like, oh, she's struggling. Like we're running late to the airport. Of course she's, I mean, and you could think, well, of course you're going to be irritable. Well, you know what? If we understand ourselves well enough, we can be proactive and approach a situation differently than just allowing it to happen to us, even if we're running late or something's going on. So this happened to us and I was in the car and I was totally reacting, anxious, you know, there are school zones and Oh, all the things. Mm -hmm. And I recognized, oh, I'm reacting and my family is having to deal with this reaction. In fact, we were like, because of me. And I just owned it. And I said, hey, guys, I'm really sorry that I'm acting this way. This is not your fault. But I totally see that I'm moving towards my six. I can't promise you that I could change it because I want to make sure we get there. And I'm just a little activated inside, but I own that this is mine. And it just mm. changes the dynamic and the air in the room. And I was able to kind of calm down a little. I mean, I was still kind of anxious and we did make it, um, but it just owning it, you know, and then my family can come alongside and support me versus them being attacked and then being defensive. But then for you as a nine, the other line moves to three. And so when you're starting to grow and become healthy, you don't become a three. You're still a nine, but you're going to take on some of the healthy attributes of three where nines mm -hmm. are like, oh, I'm not, I'm no one special. My presence doesn't really matter. All of a sudden they realize, no, I have something to really offer the world and I'm going to develop myself and I'm going to present it to the world and offer it to the world, not because I want recognition, but because it's going to benefit others and I'm going to enjoy it. And that's the development of the nine. And it's just remarkably beautiful and it brings a whole new energy to life. Wow. Okay. You just nailed it. Like literally, and I'm not just saying that because we're on a show. If we were just on a, you know, talking at Starbucks privately, I'd be like, Beth, you absolutely nailed it. Because when I am nine, go to a six, like Melanie can attest to this, I get snippy and weird and I kind of like bottle mm. up stuff. And she's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Just don't talk. Yeah. Just do stuff, right? And I get all weird. <laughs> yes. But then at a three, the growth stage is like, I, I love to public speak. Like last year, and I talk about this all the time on the show and people probably hate it, but I spoke at a mental health conference in uh, Dubai, right? And I'm going again this year because my abstract was chosen. And it's like 
really good things to say about mental health and minority communities and all this stuff. And I'm not doing that because I want to be so awesome. I'm like, I really think it helps people change their perspective and talk about things the way that I do. And then also the public speaking stuff that we do, it's fun and we enjoy it, but mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that we're on fire. Let's, let's roll with this. So I never put those together until just now. So thank you yeah. so much. That's yeah. awesome. I'm so excited <laughs> now. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's exactly. another dynamic here that I, I think could really be helpful and uh, feel free to call me off if you want to. But the fact that uh, it's not uncommon for nines to score a variety of different numbers when they first take it. Mm-hmm. And but that represents what's actually happening inside the nine. The nine has a tendency to merge. And so they take on identities from other. And so when you're answering these questions about what do you want, what are your motivations, oftentimes they'll uh, answer according to what other people have wanted them to do. Exactly. And it also speaks to when by scoring, I think it was a seven and a four, is that there's probably some type, some part of you that experiences the motivations or dynamics of a four of not feeling like you fit in. That doesn't make you a four. It's just as a nine, as you interpret your nineness, there's a part of you that thinks, does anyone understand me? Mm-hmm. Do I understand myself? Am I so special that I can't, I don't know what it is. And so it actually was reflect, it really did serve as a mirror probably to actually what's going on in your interior world. Well, and, and then your, and then your wife being a seven, it's easy for you to understand her perspective and probably be drawn into her spontaneity and positive outlook. And nines are positive outlooks as well. But so there's, and there's even deeper layers that we could go into, but we won't because it would take forever of why the seven and the four could pop up. Um, But that being said, nines, the gift of the nine is that we do see all perspectives from all types, usually but not our own. <laughs> and so yeah. if I were to sit here and go, okay, tell me what you want to do in the next five years, like literally within five seconds and even maybe right now, you feel like, oh no, please don't ask me that because I don't even know what I would say. Like, mm-hmm. and you may, like you may have even thought of it, but when someone starts to put the spotlight on us and draw us out individually, there's something that happens around our throat area where we feel closed off. Now oh, I can yep. get up and... F- I can get up and speak in front of people and I love it, especially when I'm speaking about what I like. But if you then turn and start asking questions about me, it's like I just stumble over myself. It's just really weird. Like this podcast, like I can talk eloquently and clearly, but if we were to start to focus in on Beth, what is your favorite vacation? I'd be like, oh, please don't ask these questions, you know, Mm because it's just like all of a sudden (laughs) the fog comes up and it's just weird. But that's why this is so powerful because it lets you know that you're not abnormal. Like this is just part of the hardwiring and the structure that you have. And to give yourself grace and empathy and compassion, as like you were talking about, Melanie, is knowing ourselves and being, okay, this is a thing. Now, that doesn't mean we just sit back and not do anything. It allows us to then grow and to move into new directions and go, wait, that's not a true statement. I might I might be hardwired to think that way, but I don't have to believe it. I can go in a totally different direction, even though it's uncomfortable, but all growth is uncomfortable. And to then experience life on a whole different plane. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. This is just so much wisdom. And like I said before, as a family systems therapist, it's like just puzzle pieces, you know, it's like, oh, this touches this and this goes to this and we can use this to like grow things and be awesome. So Mm -hmm. yes, what are the numbers that come off of the main number? What are that? What is that called? So like a nine and then a six and a three, what are those two numbers called? Yeah, well, we're... 
we're calling them um, Enneagram paths because those oh. are the paths that we take. Um, mm-hmm. I think other places I've heard lines and arrows because they're lines, but then you'll see arrows being pointed to which one's stress and which one's growth and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But you really do access the healthy all the way to the unhealthy of both. We were just giving two examples of what that looks like, but we're calling them Enneagram paths. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I was just trying to find a food analogy. I like salt and pepper and I thought (laughs) maybe uh, Seth's three is lobster bisque and his six is like uh, a side he doesn't care for. Yeah. So what we do call Uh, it is stress path and growth path. And so you could, you could just kind of name, but then there's, there's, Going, and this is more more complicated, in one of our books that we're going to come out in December with the Enneagram Collection, we'll take you into the four paths. So there's actually the stress path, and then there's the blind spot path, which is what you ask like mainly around your family that everyone's like, why don't you do this like with anyone else? And you're like, what? I don't do that. And they're like, yes, you do. (laughs) That's the blind spot path. And then there's the growth path we just talked about. And then there's the converging path where the highest level of all three of these numbers converge together. So that Mm. is, so there's really these four different directions, but of course it gets pretty mind blowing and I don't want (laughs) to freak people out. That sounds amazing. But it's really, really cool. So yeah, that will be in our marriage course. I will talk about the four paths. And then also we have uh, nine books coming out from Thomas Nelson in December. And they're one for each type. And I'll go over all four of the paths in those books as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I I can't December's wait for those. December's too far away. I know. I'm like, I know. <laughs> well, then get the what? marriage course for your yeah. types. So you'll get yeah. the type seven and the type nine marriage course. Oh, and all so cool. four paths will be in there. That do is you awesome. do um, family stuff at all as well? Like we do family stuff. We do. I mean, like we've done family coaching and stuff like that. It's um, a much longer process because, as you can imagine, you've got not just a couple yeah. that you're having to navigate, but then all of the dynamics with the other kids and all of these things, mm-hmm. which is powerful and great. You just have to have a person that can really walk them through that path, and so it just takes mm-hmm. a lot of time and scheduling. But um, it's absolutely amazing. It really is a helpful uh, thing to do, but it, it, it can be quite difficult because uh, if applying family systems, you start to see how things kind of multiply. Uh, usually different types place uh, certain roles within families. And so if you think of a family on an inner tube in the water, um, by talking about it, it kind of makes everything imbalanced <laughs> and it can yeah. get kind of get kind of tough but uh, the families who want to walk the path with kindness and compassion uh, it, it's a very enlightening and profitable exercise yeah that that is so cool we we want to be respectful of your guys's time so can you talk about the the book the brand new book that you guys have coming out and also the tour i see a bunch of the tour dates here, not in Seattle. Uh, yeah, I don't but see maybe. Seattle, so we got to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you set that up, and we're there. We've got dear friends in Seattle and love Seattle, so they awesome. uh, we always love to go there. You know, uh, becoming us is a whole new platform for us that began with a small group Bible study where we started to bring the Enneagram and apply it to the dynamics related to marriage. What came out of that was a book called Becoming Us, using the Enneagram as a tool to create a 
thriving gospel-centered marriage. But we wanted to take that further. And so what we've done is we've developed a new Enneagram assessment where a couple puts in their two numbers. In your cases, it would be a seven and nine. And then it's going to list out the dynamics around spirituality, communication, conflict, family of origin, and becoming your best self together. It's a conversation starter about your Enneagram couple type. And then we decided, okay, we don't want to create just one more marriage course out there. We wanted to create a marriage course for all 45 couple types. So what we've done is we've taken those same topics and then made a course specific to each couple type. So there's now a type seven, type nine course where we talk about the dynamics of those things specific to their couple type. Uh, And so, but in order to kind of launch this and let people know about it, we selected six cities to go to this summer where we're going to take some of the general principles of the Enneagram, the gospel, and what we're calling the dance, um, which is a concept that we borrowed from emotion-focused therapy, and um, applied those principles to two Enneagram types. And so we're going to be in Austin and Dallas, Chicago, Atlanta, Charlotte, we booked in Florida, um, so we've got a lot of dates coming up this year. Yeah, and they can that, see they can see all of the dates and locations and get their tickets at becomingus.com. Okay, yeah, and and also because I'm on the site right now, uh, yourenneagramcoach.com too. Yes, right? that's so be... that's where everything else is, but the tickets. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that's yes. right. That's right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And if yeah, people the... are like, where do I start? You know, with this enneagram thing, I would say go to yourenneagramcoach.com. Up in the upper right-hand corner, it says take a free assessment or take a free test. And you'll just go through that, and it's going to give you kind of like what you did with the other test. It's going to give you a breakdown of all nine scores. And this isn't definitive. It's giving you a guiding post of where you landed. And then what we want you to do is click on all the links of all nine types and learn about them and find the type that really has your core motivations. And that is a great starting point. And then in that, you will see a coupon code for our Discovering You course. And that's where you can learn about the Enneagram, what is it, and then about all nine types as an overview. It's just a short two-hour course that you can utilize as a beautiful workbook that you and your spouse or you and your friends can use for years to come. Like, oh yeah, that's what I do. And because we have all these great little information on each of the types that you can go, oh, this is so helpful. And that's just a great place to start. And then once you get to understand that, man, dive into all the other courses and (laughs) information that we have. Yeah, it's so cool. And I've I, I'm just excited. Like every time we talk about someone who really knows their stuff, as obviously you guys do, I get excited and go, okay, I'm going to go back and read and do this and then really apply it and uh, um, show yeah. that empathy to, to Melanie and our kids and also myself as well, yeah. which is really yeah. important. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's incredibly empowering in its own way where you, when you realize that, I think one of the main things I realized was, oh, I'm not alone. Like mm-hmm. knowing that there yes. are other people that have the same numbers, the same wings, the same, you know, stress or growth, like lines or whatever, or paths. It was really mm-hmm. helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So um, I want to, like I said, be respectful of your guys' time. So I have uh, one question, but first I want you guys to, you know, uh, 
for our folks to find whatever you want them to find, you know, your Instagram handles and obviously your website. Can you guys just say those things again for our listeners? Okay. Um, so Instagram is where most people follow us and that's a great place for free content. It's at your Enneagram coach and then our website, your Enneagram coach.com. You're, that's where you're going to find the online courses and then even private coaching. Some people are like online courses are great, but I want to like dive deep with someone. So we've got private coaching in there. And then of course, if you want anything becoming us, we suggest that you go to becomingus.com and you can see our tickets there or go to Amazon and pre-order the Becoming Us book by just searching for it. Awesome. Is that going to be an audiobook too? Yes, it is. Yes. Did you already record it? We yeah. did. Well, How unfortunately, exciting. we did not record. We tried, but it's super hard. <laughs> That's right. And then yeah, the you have other stuff we were creating, I was like, see, I grew up with a reading disability. Uh-huh. And so I tried and I was like, okay, I got five minutes done and it took an hour. Yeah. I was yeah. like, okay, this is much harder than it sounds. Yeah. Um, so we had some professionals do it and we're really happy with the, with the outcome of it. So yes, awesome. it is, yeah. it's done and I don't know when it's going to be like released. I know it's mm-hmm. before the book is released. So if you keep looking for it, you might actually get to quote unquote, read it or listen yeah. to it before yeah. the actual launch date. Yeah. I'm like the audiobook queen. So that's why I'm, I have, I think I have a dyslexia, but I don't think I knew it as a kid, like mild dis- some oh, form okay. of dyslexia. So I just am like, I just quit reading because there's yes. no point. Wow. Uh, right. I can read things that I write so I can script something and read it. But pff, I mean, I can <laughs> barely read like a paragraph <laughs> someone else writes. So yeah. I'm glad that it's an audiobook because that's... It is. Uh, I love it. I yeah. love audio books. That was super Rad. funny when we listened to it for the first time. I'm like, wow, I don't know who this couple is, but they sound great. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is really helpful. I know. These people are exactly. so smart. Yeah. I'll take that advice. <laughs> Seth keeps one to respecting your time. I don't want to respect your time. I just want to keep talking. Uh, no. Is that that's fair? Like a, that's awesome. That's like a, like a, so that's perfect analogy of a seven and a nine right there. Uh, the yeah. nine is like, I don't want to hurt like your time or I want to accommodate. And the seven's like, no, I want what I want. And I know this yeah. is what I want. I want to keep talking. <laughs> well, I'm glad that we could ex- exemplify it so well. Yeah, we're, we're, we're living it out for sure. Yeah. So w- one, one last parting question. What is bringing you guys inspiration? Like what are you into right now? I mean, it might be uh, a new pancake recipe. I don't know. Like just what, what is kind of bringing you guys joy individually right now? So this is when the nine goes. I know. Yeah. Uh, what is? Oh, no. <laughs> you know what I wanted to say? I wanted to say, oh, sorry for putting you on the spot. Yeah. That's right. So, so I'll let Jeff go while I think. Okay. Oh, um, and so Beth and I, we got married at the age of 20. Uh, so we've been married for 24 years now. And what is happening right now is Team Accord is having a global influence. Mm. And uh, this a lot of this came about because of some very significant suffering and the, the darkest season that we would face together. Um, and the Lord put some things in place. And so this is really the fruit of what we've been working for as a couple. This is not something we just created to make money. This is our story and our gifting where the Lord is saying, now is your season to impact. And so um, we just found out recently we have 300 coaches in 14 different countries 
that mm. are not just learning about the Enneagram, which is fantastic, but how to communicate the Enneagram from a Christ-centered perspective, that in real ways where Beth and I have experienced the life-changing touch of Christ through the tool of the Enneagram. And so uh, this is a see for such a time as this that um, we get to do something that we really enjoy doing together. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really yeah. awesome. So can I top that? No. <laughs> um, no, but I would say it is. I think what I'm really just excited about is enjoying our kids at the age they are where we are adults and enjoying watching them grow at the same time, being able to do our own growth and our own flourishing. Um, because I was a stay at home mom for many years and then I worked part time as we were raising them. And so it's just this really neat season where I get to do what I want to do, you know, especially as a nine, like I know what I want to do now and I'm actually doing it, you know, which is not what a lot of nines can say. And so I'm just really thrilled and having a family that fully supports the, not only the vision, but the calling that we're in. So it's mm-hmm. just been an absolute joy. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. That I is mean, 24 awesome. years of marriage. Now you're doing like much bigger thing. Well, I mean, having kids and raising a family appropriately is like the biggest thing you could do. Yeah. But in, as right. far as like global outreach and stuff like that and really impacting to what you are made to do is, is so, is so cool. Uh, yeah. I look forward to that. I think we're doing it now kind of, but I look yes. forward to it, to it, uh, mm-hmm. us growing into that. I was more. really looking forward to your pancake recipe that you did. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Awesome. Um, well, y'all are awesome. We need to become friends and hang out and get you to tour up into Seattle. Uh, yeah. so that's, that's, awesome. that's my objective. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we love it. Yeah. And we, we will be in Franklin. I saw that you guys are in Franklin. We were, we were out there last year, but we'll be in, in Franklin in October for a Dave Ramsey event that we're looking forward to as well. Yeah. So if, if we cross paths out there, I'd love to say hello. So yes, absolutely. That'd be great. All right, awesome. guys. Well, uh, for our listeners, you guys go check out Jeff and Beth. They are doing really cool work. Yeah. I'm an even bigger fan than I was, you know, an hour ago. Yeah. So that's awesome. <laughs> and, thank you guys so much. Thank you for like winging it and doing this stuff with Seth. Right. I mean, w- this winging is just it, awesome. get it? Winging it. Winging I it. Get it. <laughs> Um, and this has been the like fastest in, I mean, it has flown by. Yeah. I mean, it was, I looked at the clock and I was like, no, we're almost done. Almost an hour. <laughs> anyway, yeah. thank you again so much. And yeah, thank we you look guys. forward to our, our audience becoming your audience. So it's going to be awesome. All right. So thanks guys for having us. It's been a lot of fun. All right. Have cool. Good to meet day. you. And nice we'll see you, you sometime. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.